Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Who doesn't love shopping at Target? Did you know the all-new Target Circle is the free and easy way to get the most deals at Target? And when you pay with your Target Circle card, you can save an extra 5% your way every day. But wait, there's more. Now you've got a new way to save with Target Circle 360. With unlimited same-day delivery, Target Circle 360 is the fastest way to get your order to your door or someone else's. Right now, sign up for Target Circle 360 for just $49 for your first year of membership. That's $50 off the regular price. Visit Target.com slash Circle or the Target app for more details. Same-day delivery is subject to terms, applies to orders over $35. For 5% discount, restrictions apply. See program rules in-store or at Target.com slash Circle Card. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am all in. I am all in with Scott Patterson, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right, everybody. I am Scott Patterson, and this is the I Am All In podcast, iHeartRadio 111 Productions. Boy, it's been a while. I haven't seen you guys in a little bit, and it's good to see everybody. Where's uh, Where's Riley? Where's Where's Riley? She's a little sick, but she's coming. Okay, all right. Oh. She has like a very sexy voice today. <laughs> she always does, right? I mean, that's the mail we get. Those are the emails we get. <laughs> yeah. Is Riley available? I just wanted to talk to me. She's like a voiceover star. It's like becoming a superstar, Danielle. Her knowledge, her knowledge of pop culture—it's unbelievable. Blows, blows my mind. Danielle, how you doing? 
I'm doing just peachy. Good. Good to see you, Amy Sugarman. There she is. How so are you? Ready for this episode? I know it was a great episode. And it's and you talked to him just a couple days ago, but it's the farewell of Tristan. It's uh, it's just uh, it's just an amazing episode. I don't think I've laughed that. Yeah. You know, the last two have been laugh riots. It's just like one liner yeah. after one liner after one. You know, I started writing them all down, and then I was like, "No, nah, put your pencil down. I want to enjoy the episode." <laughs> <laughs> like Isn't that two- so true? Yes. That is so true. I've been watching them twice because mm-hmm. when I take my notes, I miss stuff. Right. So then I do it again right. so I can really like enjoy it. Now we know why people rewatch the episodes because it's they're yeah. so packed with yeah. one-liners and great funny bits. And, you know, uh, I don't know. Just uh, And I have an amazing surprise, actually. It's an amazing surprise. We have no idea what. So this we're is. getting into wardrobe no a little bit. It's like you know we're trying to you know we're talking to Brenda Maben. We're discussing wardrobe, and it's like kind of a thing now, right? On the show, guess what? Yeah. Guess what I found in the archives, in the museum, in the library. Remember the Luke shirt in the diner, the brown Luke shirt in the diner. No way! No. There it is. That's it. Oh my god! That's it. Now, technically, did you steal that? No, no, no. It's <laughs> it's just borrowing. <laughs> I haven't not taken possession. I haven't taken possession. I know it's been what was that? Two thousand and two. Yeah, you're just borrowing it. So it's almost it's nineteen years. years, and I've been borrowing it. I have a special plan. Look at that. <gasps> Yeah, there it is. No way. Should I put it on? What were you going to say? Yes, of course. I was going to say that's the real one, like the real, real one. That is the shirt. It was in the garage. Every time I big moment when I when I pull into the garage, I see it. It's like, you know, because we're not fully unpacked yet. So there's like there's and there's like a bunch of Gilmore stuff in boxes. That's a good one, too. Good shirt. Good one. It's a great shirt. Hang on. Can you imagine if you wear that down the street and like fans are just going to go, oh my God, that dude is wearing the outfit. And now I couldn't find the gray long sleeve thermal that goes underneath it, but I did find a blue one and that is show specific also. Oh my yes. God. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the holidays. I just want to put smiles on faces. Wait, that's awesome. Actually, <laughs> that is awesome. No, hang on a second. Because I, I think Henry Winkler just sold the Fonz jacket for like a million dollars. Oh, really? I wonder how much that raised. <laughs> I, I think it would be the hat that would sell, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, it fits. It kind of fits. It's still kind of <laughs> snug too, like 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 the one on the show was. Huh? It go. looks great. Huh? Hey, you like you like dating those young casual young guys? I think those Boy Scouts should move over. I mean, you need to have a crossbar, so. <laughs> in honor of Wait, the show. That's so rad. Look at that. The shirt. That's the shirt, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God. That's actually very cool. Yeah. yeah. I have a lot of wardrobe. I have so much wardrobe. I have the pants too. I have all kinds of stuff. Now, when I try to fit into those pants, that for those are the original pants. The shirt fits. Oh, that's that's not gonna happen. The original pants, <laughs> the they're not going fits. on. It's like they get about halfway up and it's like, eh, you know, <laughs> I will vouch that the shirt fits perfectly. Yeah. So shirt fits for anyone well. wondering 20 years later, <laughs> the shirt fit. Oh, don't worry. We will post this on Instagram. Oh, and no, you guys can is, see uh, for yourself. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Run away. What is it? Run away, little boy. 
Is that what it is? Runaway Little Boy. Yeah, Runaway Episode little boy. nine. Look at that. Anyway, so no, no, this was just such a fun episode. Yeah. It was yeah. so much fun. And it was so hilarious. And I too did not notice how young that guy was that was flirting with Laura. Cause she looks so young. You know, so it's a yes. it's a little you know, they made her look a little young. I mean, obviously she was a little older than him. But not too obviously, but they put her right? in pigtails. And she had pigtails right. almost throughout the entire right. episode, which I thought was interesting because it did make her look younger. But then they changed her hair in the diner when they wanted to show the contrast. And yep. and I got to tell you, in that scene. So, so anyway, let's set, let's set up the uh, uh, and Daniel, I think you're going to do the run. Are you going to do the uh, this the. What are, you, what are we calling this? The synopsis? synopsis. There you go. go ahead. I will fill in for Riley. So um, season two, episode nine, Runaway Little Boy, air date November 27th, 2001. The synopsis is, when Rory and Tristan are cast as Romeo and Juliet in a school performance, a jealous Dean insists on attending every rehearsal, forcing Rory to beg Tristan not to tell Dean about the time they shared a kiss. While Lorelai has to put up with Luke's teasing after after she dates a much younger guy. <laughs> I tell you, I think the uh, the WP or the CW at the time saw how well the uh, interactions and the drama and the comedy and all the passions that were going on in Gilmore with the younger, with the Chilton mm-hmm. crowd. And they were like, let's make a young person. I mean, it was a young, you know, it was for mm-hmm. younger, it skews younger anyway. But so then Chad stars in One Tree Hill, right? And yeah. it becomes a ratings juggernaut over there along with us. But Humongous. I think, I, I think they, I think they were even bigger than we were. Um, I mean, I know. Yeah, I, maybe. No, no, actually, no, no. Now that I remember the numbers that we used to get, I think we were number one and they were number two. But at times they would overtake us when we were weakening in the numbers in certain sections of certain seasons. Um, And that cast just became so hot. Like they were like that young Hollywood. Right, exactly. So um, easier to market and they had more energy to go out and market themselves and publish themselves. (laughs) Whereas the old folks were just sort of like, nah. (laughs) Anyway, um, a lot of fun watching this episode. So let's get into it. Well, so my first question for you is, what did you think of Lorelai going on the date with the young guy? And I will admit he did look older when he had his like blazer on with the arm mm-hmm. patches at school mm-hmm. and sort of the way Luke reacted. Then Suki saying to Lorelai, how do you not know he likes you and you're dating everybody but him? So like just that whole arc throughout the episode, what did you think? I thought that that wasn't particularly justified because it's really not on her. I mean, she, she hasn't really turned me down. Has she? No, I haven't really, I I haven't really asked her. I mean, I kind of have, but we've been interrupted a bunch of times. Right. Mm -hmm. But I've never followed through, followed through. So it's not fair to her because I mean, look, I'm the guy and like step up and you want to date her, date her. It's like, you know, start, stop worrying about all the other. Yeah. Yeah. The brief moments where you almost did it. She was definitely going to say, yeah, she was going to say yes. She would have said yes, but she's doing that because I'm, you know, I mean, I don't have the stones to step up and, and close the deal for God's sake. Uh, Or you're both just, 
very concerned about ruining the friendship. Ah, come on. You know, that's <laughs> that's just an excuse that people use because they don't have the I guess so actually. They gotta get some so. stones. Like if you if if you really <laughs> So do you blame Luke? Like you think that yeah. the reason it's taking so long is because Luke just won't do it. Well, it's also the circumstances, everything we talked about, but yeah, it's like step up and it's hard, you know, it's hard to write that, you know, it's hard to write that for four seasons to milk, milk, milk. So the, so the audience, right. it's just like it's driving people crazy, but it's, it has to be done. It worked beautifully. But yeah, yeah, it, it did is seem important that even though the date was like a total flop, you know what I mean? She says something like we had finished, talking about everything by the salad. Mm -hmm. It did change her, uh, the way she felt. Yes. Suddenly she was like, I'm a, I date. Like I'm almost like I'm back alive again. Yeah. I'm okay. Oh, there she is. Riley. <laughs> Hello everyone. Oh, listen to the voice, the sultry voice. Oh no. Hello. Oh my goodness. Is that you? I can go very low. <laughs> wow. It's like, what's this? I feel like I'm in a Marlena Daedric film here. What's it's going on? You had a little bit of a cold. Well, if anyone needs me to read a story, I can, <laughs> I can be of service. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. So what did you think uh, about the guy that she went on the date with? He, Brace mm. Johnson, he's sort of done a lot of acting. I've seen him Oh, around. he's great. He was great. And he's cute. He was great. Yeah. He was absolutely perfect for that part. He was so likable and... Yeah. Such a winning personality and just uh, a terrific actor. And he just had the perfect look. He had just, he, had, he totally. you know, it was like he was uh, Max Medina's cousin, distant cousin or something. I mean, he just, he looked like he was an educated kid right up her alley that she was going to get along with. Even though he's a little he was younger. so smooth too. The he way was. he asked her out and then the way she sort of says no. And he was so chill about it. He's like, well, like, you know, if your schedule opens up, like just give me mm -hmm. a call. Like yeah. he was just so smooth. Yeah, he wasn't bothered by her mini rejection and I'm busy. He goes, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, just gives my number, give me a call, you know. But the thing is, is that I noticed in that scene, they must have sat down before in prior meetings at their business class uh, because when they sat down into those, into that table, they, mm -hmm, there, with the burrito. there was no hesitation. It right. was like they were already on a date and they were knew that they were going to sit down with other, each other instead of like him going like, you mind if I sit or whatever, or right. her, it's just like, they just immediately sat down. So it was like they were together before they were together. That's kind of the cool thing about this show is that the writers, whoever assume like, Hey, the audience will get it. Mm -hmm. The audience will understand by the way these two are interacting right. that they know each other. Right. So we don't have to spell it out right. for them. Like, which I kind of appreciate. Yeah. It moves things faster. Yeah. And it, and it was the kind of banter that she craves and she needs and she has in her life. So of course she was going to say yes. Um, but I have to tell you, I think the funniest scene in the entire, and I don't mean to downgrade the younger actors who were terrific. And it was a terrifically entertaining uh, episode to watch and very funny. And, uh, but I, that diner scene, when he came in with the with baseball cap with his parents, I mean, I blurted, I laughed out loud so many times. <laughs> and you, oh, and we heard so much about. And you. I'll give you my favorite line right now. I don't even have to wait. Uh, when I when I looked at Laurel, I go, "Who are these people?" Because <laughs> right? the father commiserate. He was like, "I'm so sorry to hear about Rachel." And Luke's just looking Dude. at him like, 
Who are these people? Yeah. <laughs> Sid says, darn shame about that, Rachel. Darn shame about that, Rachel. Who are these people? Oh, it was just beautiful. It was the best. Is Rory says, I've always wanted a little brother. Right, 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 right. And you know what? Her Rory's reactions, her her, you know, her reactions to discovering who this person was was classic. Did you see her face? Because oh, I watched good. her. I, I rewound it and I watched her. It was just like so totally. spot on. She was just like curious and like, you know, those those eyes, those big eyes just beaming in her head. Like, what is going on here? Who is this person? And then when she realized <laughs> that was the guy on the date, she just, oh, the, the she should have gotten an award just for reacting, you know? Totally. Oh. I totally agree with you that scene oh, because God, that he was did look older at school. He did in the blazer yeah. and the corduroy blazer yeah. and the whole thing. And then, boy, he looked like a teenager when he came oh, in there. God. And then everyone, like, he's so young. Kirk sent out pictures. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Maybe you can hand out baseball cards with your phone number on <laughs> I mean, Luke, they were having a field day on her, man. It was beautiful. It was so good. It was so good. I love that scene so much. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. 
the Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. question yes. that's like kind of a left turn which i apologize and this is where this shirt comes from riley this is the act and let's get right yes, riley, riley up to speed hey smoky voice smoky smoky yes, riley voice. this is the shirt the actual shirt from the diner scene no way yes way yes that's so cool mm-hmm. and without the butt <laughs> listen to her voice. oh my gosh you just kept it like did you just kept it the no whole time way that's so cool <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool, though. I know, right? Yeah. Anyway, all right. So, Amy, what's the question? What were you going to... So, my question is... Uh Uh-huh. When Rory is super stressed about Tristan being the scene partner and coming to Stars Hollow, and she wants to tell... She wants to tell Dean, like, I kissed this guy. This is what happened. Right. Was she right in wanting to tell him, or was Lorelai right in telling her, no, don't tell him? (sighs) I think they're both right. Yeah. They're both right. I mean, uh, it's one of those situations where, you know, that's, I think, I think these are situations that were tailor made for uh, omission or little white lies or, you know, Mm -hmm. just to spare that guy. Just knowing, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, he's going to pop. I mean, look how, uh, I mean, Dean's really tightly wrapped. He is a very possessive uh, guy. You know, he's mm-hmm. a real type A dominant kind of a guy. And, you know, he's not going to be, he obviously can't handle this very well. <laughs> he just wants to beat Tristan's ass. Yeah, which, yeah. And Tristan's such a jerk to him in the in Dosi's market. It's, oh. it's, he, you know, he's everything I wish Paris would be. Because at least you can watch Chad Michael Murray be smug and horrible and poisonous and diabolical and two-faced and backstabbing and the whole thing. He just does it with, he's such a smooth criminal. It's just, you know what I mean? It's just, and you're, and I'm just kind of with him. And you know, at the end of this, when he was like, Hey, I can't do this. I'm going off to military school. I broke into, you know, Will Willard's father's safe or whoever the kid was. Yeah. And his dad was standing there 
you know, waiting for him. I, I felt for yeah. the guy. I really felt yeah. for the guy. And I don't know if I'd feel that way for Paris if she was being hauled off to the nut house. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, first of all, that's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, and then you felt that Rory felt for him and that they did have a connection. No question about it. Even when Rory tries to say to him, stop hanging around those guys. You're smarter than those guys. You're right. better than those right. guys. You know, kind of in the middle of the episode. Because you, because, and, right. So go ahead. Sorry. No, sorry about that. So, and you see Dean kind of looking at them going, what's, huh? I think Dean. They do have a connection. Dean knows that he's in over his head with Rory anyway. He's beginning to understand how lucky he is and how special she is, or he already understands that. And it's going to be real easy for somebody at that school who's, you know, who's got the pedigree to just take, maybe not take her away, but some, it, her eyes will be opened up. And Tristan has that potential. And she sees the potential in Tristan because, you know, he's easy on the eyes. He's a tall drink of water. He comes from yeah. a great family. The whole, you know, he's, he's the whole package. So and she's wise enough and mature enough to know at yeah. her age, at her tender age of sixteen, that that Tristan's only sixteen or seventeen, right? He's sixteen years old. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be a different person at twenty, twenty-five, thirty. He's not going to be and this she way. She sees the good in him despite his antics. What did you think that he called her Mary? It it broke yeah. my heart because Me it was too. so. Um, gosh, what do they call that? Um, it was it was a double entendre. What was yes, it? Yes, a full circle moment. It really was because yes. you know he recognized the the almost the tragic. It was like him commenting on himself as a jackass to her earlier. Yes. It was filled with regret, and, and it, says, it was beautifully communicated and beautifully acted. And that's the moment I, I think that Rory liked him the most because he was able to recognize that in that way. And that's how smart he is. Yes. He says, I would kiss you. Yes. And then he says, take care of yourself, Mary. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's boy. basically he was Whoa. saying, Rory, I love you. And I'm too screwed yes. up and too much of a jerk right now to come out and say it. But he's in love with her. And I think she's in, a little bit in love with him, too. Agree. She's smart. Did you guys see yes, that? Yes, yes. Did you see her smirk? Yes, yes. Yeah. That's, that's chemistry right there. Yeah, They have that real chemistry. And boy, is he such a likable guy. And what a what a great actor. He really embraced that part, didn't he? I mean, totally. he, he took a lot of chances with that part to be so unlikable. And he's still likable. <laughs> yes, that's, isn't that interesting? That's the mark of a great actor. That's the mark of a really solid actor. You know? You know, and I do think hindsight is twenty twenty. It's like, we see, we know that he's leaving mm -hmm. Chad Michael Murray, which we talked about with him yeah. to go on. I think he did Dawson's Creek and then he's the star of One Tree Hill. So it's like, we sort of have that benefit of knowing why this actor is leaving. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, you know, little behind the scenes knowledge and heck, why didn't I do this? These young guys were really smart. They only had one or two year deals. They didn't want six year deals. Because right. a six-year deal is what you're going for, right? That's the full right. boat. That's like, you got a six-year deal, great. And that's what we were going for. They offered me two shows and then four shows. you know. And then I sort of see these guys, like the Chads and the Jareds and the Milos, they're doing one-year yeah. deals at a time because they want to stay flexible because they're young and everybody wants them. Or they might do another year on that deal with an, you know, an option year, this kind of thing. I'm running around celebrating, hey, I got a six-year deal. I'm completely <laughs> locked in, but I was like 41. <laughs> Right. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not young but guy. 
right? But you know, but they were very smart how those guys they played that and they were not locked in and it was a perfect situation for the network because they could save money and mm-hmm. it was better for their bottom line and their financials and the whole thing and mm-hmm. um hey, we got this guy fairly cheap and it's only we're only committed one mm-hmm. year but we're taking that risk the next year he comes back is going to be desired by every major network for every major pilot. We're going to have to pay him a boatload to stay here and he probably won't stay anyway. So, Interesting. yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of Milo, I think it's very I'm cuz I don't remember it this way, mm-hmm. but I'm happy they really are only giving us glimpses of Jess. And you know, we all know, mm-hmm. well, some of us know what's coming with Jess, but they aren't and I've talked about this before, they aren't just like bombarding us with him right out the gate. It's like, we're seeing him just little bits. He's not even in this episode. We're seeing him just little bits here and there he, as they develop that character. But he's too dark a character to have on on a regular basis. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's too powerful. He's too good. He's too easy on the eyes. He's The storyline is too powerful. It can overwhelm the series. It can yes, become a, it can become his show, so they really have to be careful with that. Well, and that's such a great point because his antics, like the chalk outline mm-hmm. of the body in front of the market, right. you couldn't have that every no. episode because you'd start to eye roll it. It only works. That's such a great point. I've never I didn't think about it that way. No, but they would. I think people fans would really like it, but it would go away from Gilmore Girls and it would become the Milo show. Right, and it or the Milo Rory much. show. It, it, then, right. then it would be a different show. So they have to really be carefully ba- balance all these storylines. You know. Now I know we have to take a break, but when we come back, I'd love your thoughts on Paris. <laughs> oh, that's going to take about five seconds, <laughs> maybe three. Uh, anyway, let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to get my very elongated thoughts, thorough thoughts on Paris. All right, we'll see you in a bit. All right, we're back, everybody, and let's discuss this delightful cup of wonderful, this big bowl of wonderful that is Paris Geller, okay? What did you think of her in this episode? Uh, wow, <laughs> just just grating and <laughs> unnecessarily aggressive and nasty to Rory. I mean, it's so over-the-top bananas that... You know, when she was talking with Henry, when she came up and very rudely interrupted Henry and and Rory. (laughs) And, you know, Rory is so above it at this point. She just like lets her talk. You know, she'll let her do her thing. Um, Because he can't. That one Henry said, scary. (laughs) Right. It's like, it's like, what else do you do in the face of, you know, total insanity? Um, You just let it sort of peter out and it goes away and then you're like okay um yeah i mean right off the bat it's like jesus she's back i didn't miss her you know but here she here she is back she did have some funny lines she did and i will give her this this character really drives that storyline so there's so much Mm -hmm. forward momentum with it and there's so much expectation um and anticipation that it is compelling so I will give her that. I will give her interpretation of that character a lot of credit for being, you know, uh, solidly engaging. That That is for yeah. sure. I mean, she's not backing off the throttle at all. And she is a girl that you would have to say is determined 
nothing is going to stop her from getting into Harvard. And yeah, uh, ex- except her, she, even becoming Romeo, right? She she's the only one that that is going to prevent herself from going to Harvard. Uh, yeah. But you know, it's just it's just so it's the opposite of so Rory. Riley. Like with Paris, do you love to hate her or do you hate her? Are you asking right? me? No, you're asking I'm Riley. Asking everybody, no. I'm asking Riley. Yeah, first. Riley, go ahead. We got to get some voice. Get some smoky voice in there. <laughs> Also with his voice, I feel very jazzy. Like, let's take the bass line. Right, exactly. Long, you know? like, <laughs> but anyways, with Paris. Welcome to the bottom of the hat. Yeah, no. um, Paris right now, like, you you kind of don't like her. You kind of hate her. But I know, you know, I know it happens. So it you, you kind of also have that love for her if you've seen it because it stays with you. I'm, I'm waiting for that. I want that. I want to get there. I do want to love her. Do you love to hate her or do you just hate her right now? No, I'm rooting for her. You know, <laughs> I, you know, look, she's a kid. She's a, they're all kids and they got wacky families and, you know, there's a lot of pressure. Uh, uh, the top 1%, nobody understands how they suffer. <laughs> like, <laughs> somebody around me is feeling sorry for themselves. I said, you know. So champagne problem. You know, yeah, exactly. It's like, come on, give me a break. Um, but <laughs> When you're look, it's 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 when you have that dire a family situation and your parents are f- at war, this is what happens. I wish they would show more of it. I wish they would yeah. show the. I wish, and it would help me like the character, help me sympathize with and empathize with the character more. But she just comes right out of the gate, and it's just like nasty, nasty, nasty. And Danielle, what do you, how do you feel about Paris? I mean, I don't know what happens, but I love her. I've been very vocal about my love for Paris. I think she is so funny, and there's no character like her. You know what I mean? We need her. We need Paris. We need somebody who's like, you know, super. OCD and crazy and, um, you know, over the top. And she she does it for me. I don't know. I love her character and I think she's so fun to watch. Yeah, I think people- Would you call- Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Scott. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Would you guys call her a villain, Scott? Would you call her a villain? Yes. For sure. She is the Darth Vader of that that storyline. Uh-huh. There is a, the possibility of redemption that's always there, but she is she's either the uh, you know Darth Sidious, uh, uh, <laughs> or she's Darth Vader. She's one or the other. <laughs> she's, God, I'm trying uh, to think about that. I'm curious yeah. if people think of her. She's, she represents the empire. The she villain. represents the empire. Let's just say that. Okay. Oh, I disagree. Because Tristan isn't. Wait, Danielle, you go. Tell us. I disagree. I think Tristan's the villain. Like, if I have a villain, I don't think anyone is really a villain. But if I had to pick a villain, I would say Tristan. Hmm. I don't think it's Paris. I. You know what? I listen. Will you? Will you meet me in the middle and say they're both villains? Come on, come on. I'll. I'll give. I'll give you the. I'll give. I'll give you Tristan (laughs) if you give me a little. What about this? Paris. I would say they're both misunderstood. Oh, yeah. Ooh, you may you misguided? redefined misguided. Be? I like that. Okay, I would agree to I that because yeah, Tristan is not a villain to me. To me, he's so just misguided. But I think that if they're both representing the Empire, Star Wars Trekkie fans out there, if they're both <laughs> representing the Empire, right? right? I think Tristan is more likely to join the rebellion. Yeah, I think because I keep thinking about when Paris 
she does mean things like when she mm-hmm. told Rory the you know, the journalism meeting was at this time. Mm-hmm. So that Rory was late. Like that was mean. And then Rory's so nice getting her in the sorority. Yeah. It's like, because she's, to, she's no, she represents the empire. That's what they the do. Same goes to Tristan. Amy. Yeah, Tristan like, was mean when he was going to tell Dean about the kid. Yeah, ah, that's was, just that's just a rival. That's just a male rival. That's not a big yeah. deal. That's what Isn't you the do. Same with Paris? You, you bury that's the competition. Your female so rival. what? Huh? What? That's a, yeah. It's the same thing. Like Paris is just the female rival. Yeah. Boy, are you guys opening point. my eyes? You are opening my. <laughs> that's eyes. That's a good point. Danielle. It's a very good point. You know what? You're right. You're That's what so I'm here right. for, guys. It's, you're so- I like them both. Mm. I will miss Tristan for sure. I think I just like his style. You know? Yeah. I, you yeah, know, just- smarmy can have a style, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and underhanded and slimy and all that. I mean, it's like there's a way to present it, right? And they're both really entertaining. I mean, let's just face it. You know, maybe I'm softening a little bit on Paris. I don't know. We'll, oh, we'll see what comes. But it's just that when she just came up and just, I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. You know, Tristan is the ultimate, even though I know you're not supposed to say this anymore. It's considered not appropriate, I think. But Tristan is the ultimate. He's mean to you because he likes you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it does. he does like her. Yeah. Yeah. And she just, you know, kind of rejects him in such a nice way, but he's still just like, and then he tries to have that bravado, but really he just likes her. But he is so to the manner born that it's difficult for him to bridge that gap in his own mind to even be talking to somebody from Stars Hollow, whose mother, right. he obviously knows the history of Lorelai and what happened and how she dropped away from her family and resurfaced in Stars Hollow. To him, that's a... You know, that's a probably a bridge too far. And he doesn't like yeah. the fact that yeah. he has to have these feelings of that he's judging Rory. At the same time, he's 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 loving her and 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 thinking she's just an out she's blowing all these other Chilton girls away. Um, her looks, her brains, her mm-hmm. analytical ability, her emotional maturity, all of that stuff. I mean, it's 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 overwhelming for him. And he doesn't know how to handle it. But yeah. she is she she is a generation away from being to the manor born and she has she's bringing in a whole new set of values for him to deal with that none of his charms are working on it doesn't work on her it, it's just you know no. and he doesn't want and he, and he's a lot like her he kind of wishes his parents or maybe one of you know would break up and go to stars hollow so he could have have a you little know, it, dose of reality what? What it's making me think of, and this is, I get that this sort of analogy is a little bit, probably not like accurate Mm -hmm. for this particular episode, but I just keep thinking about Bryce Johnson's character, who's the guy at school that asked Lorelai out. His reaction to being turned down was so smooth and cool that it made her say yes. Yes. Whereas Tristan's always kind of like when she tells him no, he just gets so mean or. Well, he, who says no to him? When right. has he ever heard the word no? Tristan gets whatever he wants. I mean, you know. Right. I'm sure the comparison isn't intentional, but it is interesting to talk about in this particular episode because. He's not, he doesn't look to me like a hard worker. That's, I don't know that Tristan is a guy with a work ethic. I think he's just, he's smart. He's clever. He's a bit of a screw up. There are reasons for that, you know, but he's, there's no work ethic there. 
He's that's why he's going to military school. He's going to get it. <laughs> yeah, he's going to get that's it. That's a great point. Yeah, because yep. he was just bad. Yeah. Doing bad things. Well, maybe he has bad so parents, the, right? So it's like the dad gave up. And I don't know if the dad is saying, I'm going to stop this and send you to military school. Maybe the dad is a good dad. Yeah. I mean, at, at that age, if he's doing that, sure. That's what a good dad would do. If he had the means, ship him off and let the generals take care of him, teach him respect and, you know, bust his ass. That kind of thing. Get him up at six and get him running, doing pushups, make your bed. You know, yeah, yeah. That's that's not an easy life, you know. Where his sort of antics won't be tolerated. Uh uh, uh uh. He'll learn about honor. He'll, he's dishonoring himself. He's dishonoring the family name. He's 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 going astray, and he's being corrected, which is a good thing. It is the first appearance. I think we should point out by Adam. Is it Wiley? I don't want to say his last name wrong, but he plays Brad, and I think everybody should just note that because we will see the return of Brad. Mm -hmm. He was from Picket Fences. He he was like, you know, that was a sort of a famous child actor. He'd been on a bunch of stuff. The, the, the casual date? No, this is the boy. In, oh, oh, the, the young guy who, this is hysterical. Like a, <laughs> when he like, went, oh, if I talk, I'll throw right, up. Right. Like when he, that. when he, when he chased after Tristan to Tristan, come back. <laughs> He was so terrified exactly. of the prospect of having to stand in for him. <laughs> so that's Brad. And Brad yeah. comes back. So we just have oh, to do Yeah, does he good? He was, he was great. You guys, you wouldn't know, really. But mm. yeah, Brad returns. Yeah. So Brad is like a little bit significant. So, you know, look, there, you know, Paris is a charismatic leader. And she's she does have a work ethic. She is smarter than everybody. And she, you know, she really... I think her frustration comes, obviously, uh, she's fine by herself, maybe, uh, <laughs> with all the voices in her head. Um, but when she has to uh, uh, interact within a group, then we see just how hysterically uh, ba yeah. bad she is at that. Um, and she resorts to just sort of bullying everybody and, um, you know, telling them what to do and you know, there are a bunch of wealthy kids that really aren't uh, terribly motivated. So, I mean, they're kind of asking for it in the first place. But am I justifying Paris's behavior? Good God. Listen to me. Wow. I, they kind of all need a kick in the ass, don't they? Yeah. And, and she's she giving it to like, them. Like, yeah. Right? Right? It's like, come on, let's go. Let's go. Get some chutzpah. Get some hustle. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, I think we like have... You know, I think we've covered sort of the important parts. Is there anything else that really stood out to you in this episode? I mean, the ice cream maker was sort of the the only other thing that kind of. Um, yeah. And her I, needing to but, Yeah, I think that, that was the catalyst to get her out dating. You know, yeah. that's the first thing we see. It's like the, the, the memories come back and it's like, man, I really need to move on because this thing's over and dead. With, dead. And, and by the way, that phone call with one of her relatives was hysterical. You, you don't really hear the word wedlock used uh, uh, today. <laughs> it's so genius because we're only hearing half of it and we know exactly what's happening. I would have to say that rivals anything in that episode as, as the golden comedy scene is Lorelai on the phone with that person. I mean, it was just hysterical. And uh, the 12 blueberries uh, in the pancake. It's all right. I don't know. I see, see, I've seen that bit before. I saw that, you know, I've seen that bit before in other things, but, uh, and it was just like, I, 
to tease us with Yannick in that way, I want to see more Yannick. I want to see more yeah, Michelle. I want to see a full scene with him. And it's just like he just had little bits and pieces and he had to really, you know, I don't know. I'm always. Yeah, no, that's true. I definitely want I didn't more. get my, my, my Michelle moment in this episode, even though that was very good. Uh, I just, he's so, he's capable of so much more. Yeah. And uh, they didn't give it to him. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us, they beat us, they burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, 
would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In honor of your shirt, should we do our favorite fashion? What did you think of the pigtails? Danielle, what did you think of the pigtails? <laughs> I know I, I, can, I can see you have a lot of thoughts about that. Uh, pigtails are not my thing. I don't <laughs> like them. Right. I say pass. <laughs> Riley? Smoking Riley? I'm going to agree on the pigtails. <laughs> I think it's a hard pass. <laughs> I'm going to, that's a big thumbs up for, for me. Like the pig. You liked the pigtails. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they were cute. I mm-hmm. thought they were sort of important. Yeah. Yeah, she, yeah. My my fashion choice, I loved. It, it, I think it was like a Levi's jacket with um like a sort of a fleece. I don't know what you call that. That collar. Fur. And it was sort of like a. Was it Rory's it, jacket? This was Lorelai's. Uh-huh. It was Lorelai wearing it. And it was sort of like, we've seen that jacket. Mm-hmm. And she just pulled it off. Mm-hmm. It was just super cool. Right. So that was like a fashion moment for me. Um, Yeah, I you know, my favorite fashion moment, even though I don't want to be even remotely involved in this discussion right now too bad buddy Jesus. uh it's, it's a luke shirt i thought it. the best piece of wardrobe in the whole thing was the luke shirt i'm wearing it right now i'm modeling it proudly Here. yeah can you see it yeah we love it and wait a minute it's too it's too it's exactly how it was appeared in in the episode with the yeah luke does like the shirt under the shirt which i'm i'm here for here wait a minute it's right. I'm there. here for it. Yeah, I know. So uh, that's my favorite. So let's do uh, favorite lines. What was your favorite line? Danielle, favorite, favorite funniest line. Oh, funniest okay, line. Okay, okay. Uh, my favorite line was from Rory to Lorelai when she's teasing her about the date. Uh, Rory goes, He must have been a really good boy to deserve such a happy day. I bet you let him ride a pony. It's yeah, yeah, <laughs> good. <laughs> Riley, um, take I a break love- from the bistro. Join us. Put the whiskey glass down. Too much smoke in this club. (laughs) (laughs) Or not enough. (laughs) I loved when they were talking about the date, too. And um, she was talking about talking back and forth. And Suki goes, oh, stealing his burrito, you kids. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. good. Amy. Take Take care of yourself, Mary. That really Oh, is, really? I like that. Was We're doing really. funniest lines. That wasn't funny. That was heartbreaking. Oh, then funniest is definitely. You thought that I've was funny? Wanted. No, that's not funny. Okay. That was my favorite. Funniest was definitely, I've always wanted a little brother. Okay. <laughs> I know I said it. Um, it's a tie. Uh, I think uh, Lorelai's wedlock line when she's on the phone. And then there were a couple mm-hmm. other lines she delivered after that. Um uh, she delivered a Billy Graham line too that was very funny. Oh yeah. Um, 
uh, and then, you know, Luke's uh, just sort of looking at the young guy and the father of the young guy and saying, who are these people? That, that made me blurt out laughing. <laughs> Sorry. Dorian Sid. Listen, if I, if I suck, I point it out, but I, I, I like that one. I really like that one. Uh, Riley, is it Riley's sexy moment? But wait a minute. Why don't we talk about a little bit about the Shakespeare scenes? We didn't talk. Oh, sure, we didn't talk sure, about sure, the sure. variety of the Shakespeare scenes and how how so many experimental theaters all over New York City, Chicago, Los Angeles, Miami, Texas, wherever they are, they're always taking putting King Lear in a taxi cab, and it just doesn't work, you know. And and it was so funny that uh, uh, the writing took it in that direction because then we see how tragic it can be when you take Shakespeare out of its time and try to, mm-hmm. you know, transport it into another era. It, you know, I know for a fact that the Royal Shakespeare Company does gothic versions of Shakespeare because it's budget conscious and it and it and it sort of suggests uh, uh, the period. So that that's all fine and good, and you can get away with that. But when you really start, you know, so what did we see? We saw the examples. Um, uh, of the different students groups putting on different uh, displays and I think think what were they they were zany and weird and it didn't work uh, one was like yeah, a prehistoric so- uh, they were cavemen and the one very insulting line I thought I was very offended by it when L- Lorelai you know Rory came up and said what's with all the grunting and uh-huh. and and Lorelai says well we'll have to get Luke to uh, translate and it's oh. like I, I thought wow what a backhand slap like the character even, getting yeah, smacked around, and he's that, not. But now it's coming back. He's not me, there yeah. to defend himself. Like what? 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 I'm like the monosyllabic idiot. What's going on here? That's interesting because I yeah. That's how I mean, she sees just, me as a caveman who grunts. That's really interesting that you noticed that too, because now it's coming back to me. And it, what? It is a little. It's like, hostile. Yeah. It's kind of it's condescending and hostile. I, I, I'm going to open up another can of worms. I know we're going to get emails about this, but it really hit me. It really did. Had, was that, though, before you two had sort of had your moment where, you know, maybe was she indicating that you were sort of being mean to her? Because remember, in this episode, you guys are you're mad about the fact that she went out with this young guy and you sort of were blowing her off. And she mentions like, hey, we were having a real ping pong banter and then you just left. So could it have been because you haven't had your moment at the end where you really say, yeah, I'm here for you. Let me tell you something. Do you know what kills a relationship or uh, a feeling uh, that you have for a person faster than anything? Sexual jealousy. And when a woman that you desire or are even dating and you really like her and she starts talking about young guys, it's over over so that's what he was experiencing and it might not be over then and there but if there are any difficulties a year two years down the road that guy is never going to get that out of his head it's going to be eh, she likes young guys so you know that's that's a reality that older guys or middle-aged guys are going to have to realize you know he wasn't jealous he was like irritated you know if guys like young girls don't be a hypocrite girls like young guys right so it's like that's just the way the world works. But if you're pining for somebody, if you're living for somebody, man, and they mention a young guy, that's it. That's bad. So, you know, look, 
That's a it tough one to swallow. Good that it didn't work out with that guy at all. You know, she she was done with. Well, him once once Luke met him and saw what a goofball he was, <laughs> it was just like now he wasn't uh, disturbed by it anymore. He was just yeah, making fun was- of her, and I don't what? think he lost respect for her. He felt like, okay, I'm back in the driver's seat. I feel a little more in control now. There's nothing to worry about. This kid's like a goofball. And she's a little lost without me, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which I thought, you know, and I, I remember making a choice. Uh, and I don't know if it was the best choice that you could have made. But if you'll notice in that scene when she came up at the end, one of the last scenes in the whole thing. Yeah, this is like the, the moment. And she's coming up to say, hey, you know, I, I still dig you and you're part of my life and you know, this kind of thing. And, uh, mm-hmm. she's, she's saying what she, she, she's not saying what she means. She's saying what she means without having to be direct about it. So, correct. um, and I'm fixing a watch. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had a tiny little watch screwdriver. And I had a face open. I was, yeah. Okay. How does Luke know how to fix a watch? He couldn't fix a toaster. Couldn't fix a toaster, right. Exactly. What is he doing like with an intricate piece of jewelry that is very complex? How is he in the watch fixing a damn watch? But you can fix things. And I re- Luke builds things and can okay. fix things. So maybe the toaster was just a freak uh, thing. Uh, right, right. One complex enough. Right. Anyway, so <laughs> so anyway, so this is a choice that you make because I remember making this choice. Yeah. And I'm not saying that this was a genius choice. It was just a choice because they always tell you in acting school, the genius is in the choice, okay. right? And that's the mark of, you know, an actor or an actress. So what choices are you making? Now, I I could have been without that watch. I could have been with many other diner-like things. A watch is not a diner-like item at all. And I said to myself, and here's a, here's a perfect example of somebody overthinking. Here's a here's a perfect example of somebody overthinking something, trying to make a point that nobody got. And may, I don't know if they got it or not. But props came to me and says, "What do you want to be doing in this scene? Because yeah. you know it's a big kind of important scene." I said, and I should have said, you know, there were any number of things I could have done that would have maybe been a better choice than trying to fix an intricate piece of jewelry. That happened to be a watch. Um, I could have been doing nothing. I could have been wiping. I could have been right, doing right, the ketchup right. bottles. I could have been, you know, with my uh, receipts, you know. Why the watch? Why the watch? Because I thought to myself in my actor brain. <laughs> I can't wait for this. <laughs> it's either the best or the worst choice I think I ever made. Uh, was uh, Luke doesn't know what time it is because his watch is broken. Huh? Luke doesn't know what time it is with Lorelai. He doesn't oh, know like, what time it is in his life with her, and okay. he wants to it. fix I the like watch that. because she, if she's running around with young guys and and not having deep experiences, then what the hell is wrong with me? I'm not mad at that. I need I'm to fix my watch choice. and and be so I can know what time it is. <laughs> That's I, I'm not mad at that. That was the thought That's process. very much like the door being open right. when they're going on the road trip to Harvard. I'm not mad at that. So the watch. I thought of it symbolically and I thought, you know, get me a watch. I'll fix a watch because yeah, he doesn't know what time. That. And I didn't tell them in the prop department because I, I, Luke doesn't know what time it is. That's, that's, and they decided to keep it in. 
or like it's time for us to sort of move forward. Right. It, it, there are many different interpretations. And I thought, I like right? That. Look, look, look. Smokey Joe's Cafe over there. She, you're nodding your head, right? <laughs> no, I think that's genius. It's not bad. Yeah. I love it. On a certain level, it's kind of genius, right? I don't know if it all together is. It took me a second. And then now I'm like, you know what? I'm in. <laughs> all in. And you fix the watch. So it's like, it's time. I like it. <laughs> Anyway, there you go. That's just a fun thing. I weirdly didn't notice the watch, right. but I did notice the importance of that moment. Right. And you having sort of that last line of like, me too. And then it kind of, we fade out. Well, it, it, you know, I, he became very relaxed and he's smiling and looking mm -hmm. down and being a little bit shy. Um, he was in love again because he fell out yes. of love. Yes, I don't know relax. if he, I don't, I don't know if he fully fell out of love, but it was like, is this girl just ridiculous? And like, am I just well, like, he was confused for that episode. He was, he was truly yeah. confused. Um, I think you're right. In the end, he was very calm and just relaxed. Yeah. I think, I think his ego yeah. took a hit and he sort of came back, you know, guys, guys can be delicate creatures, you know? Yeah. You, you know yes. that, right? Oh God. I know. Right. The rule book. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I thought the different interpretations of Shakespeare uh, was funny. So am I an idiot or was Rory and Paris's version the real version? Uh, I, yeah, they, they, yeah, Paris insisted that it not be taken out of okay. context and not be taken out of its time period. Yeah. Um, so, Which and it was really, truly one of the worst acting performances of... Uh, Romeo that you could possibly see. So is it hard <laughs> to be a good actor within a scene acting badly? That's, that's very difficult. Yeah. So what they did was actually hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard. <laughs> and to be funny at the same time. So it's like, it's like you're, you have to please so many gods in, in, in that regard. The acting guy, it's, it's very demanding. And uh, so ironic because all of, uh, you know, back in the time of the globe theater, uh, all of the uh, 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 cast was was men. There were no women. Even men. Right. Even men played the women. So this is a little twist on that. So, um, yeah, I thought it was it was hysterically funny. What was the the other? Oh, they in business suits with uh, Wall Street guys stabbing each other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't there something in outer space? So quick and subtle that you're like, huh? What's happening? Right, right, like, I am know. I even catching this? Because they always have so much else going on. Mm -hmm. So that you're like, huh? Wait, what? Like there's so much. Happening. So let's talk about Dean a little bit. Um, the Dean Tristan stuff. And I, I just think, my God, I mean, it just shows how wayward uh, a son uh, Tristan became mm -hmm. to really, it was just to get so gross. It really He's so gross but in the market, but it was fun. See, yes, I didn't mind also, being uh, witnessing that scene. Yes, it's gross. It's disgusting oh behavior. Boy, is this flower the best flower? And you're just like, oh, dude, you're a jerk. And he even says it. Dean's like, why do you have to be such a jerk? But it's and it's just like jerk is the right word. But it's like, is 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 that type of evil so much more appealing when it's so relaxed? And so at ease with itself yeah. Yeah. and so accepting of itself. God, he's so comfortable being an ass. Right, right, right. And uh, he, he actually did have, he had one of the great lines. Uh, hey, you know, Rory, the, I don't know, Stockboy, there might be a run in beans. He might not make it. Yeah. 
mean, it was such, all like, it was all such looking so down his nose at the working man, right? Yes. I mean, it's like, so it really, the episode itself was very Shakespearean and that the, and, and that the, uh, uh, the classes were, it was a little class war going on, right? A, war, a conflict between the classes. So it was quite brilliant, I thought. I, one of my, absolutely, these last two episodes, I think, just hit it out of the park. Two of my favorites. Uh, yeah. Had so much fun watching both of them and laughing, laughing, laughing. You know, I'm softening a little bit on Paris, I'm going to admit. Uh, but, that you know, her reintroduction <clears throat> right away, interrupting uh, Henry and Rory in that way. <laughs> So aggressively and so nasty. It's just like, go away. It's not funny. It's like, it's, it's like, a, it's, it's cartoonish episode. in that you expect yes. her to do this and be way over the top with it. And it's like, I just wish it was a little more clever and didn't take as long. It, there was like mm. too much verbiage. It's like, we know she's going to be this way. <laughs> like, let's present her like, you know, it's too much of her almost. It's like, it's, it's enough. That's how I feel. Mm. That's how I feel. Like, what? I, I like this episode, and I think that it also had that important moment between Luke and Lorelai. Oh. So that's the other thing. It's like there's always this sort of significant, subtle, important moment. Mm -hmm. Even between all the antics and the young guy and the burrito and the Romeo and Juliet. And then you're like, wow. There it is. But in terms, okay, here's a question that popped in my head when I'm watching this episode. In terms of what she needs, and Lord knows that could be any number of things, right? Is he right for her? Can, can he handle her? Because she is a, you know, she's a dynamo. She's a, uh, uh, you know, she's intellectual. She is loose. She is, you know, she's a lot. You know, 100% that, yes, that, that is a that is a that is a lot of woman there you know and <laughs> that's a lot of personality and that's a lot of she's fun complicated. she is you know she's a really interesting woman and um can he handle that do you think he can handle that and i think that's yeah. one of the questions they want us to ask when we're watching that are these two going to mm -hmm. be able to meld you mm -hmm. know We'll see. I guess we'll see. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man 
take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's dig in. There, this episode's riddled with pop culture. So the first riddled. one we have, Suki and Rory try to convince Lorelai to keep the ice cream maker. And Suki says, it's true. I saw it on Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart is an American retail businesswoman, writer, and television personality. She was named one of People Magazine's 50 Most Beautiful People in the World in 1996. And Martha did five months in prison, which we all know. Martha was asked what she missed most, and she said, the flavor of lemon. Wow. Next, we have the Chilton teacher gives examples on the past Shakespeare plays, which we've talked about. Teacher says, and my favorite, the climactic last scene was set during the final days of the Sonny and Cher show. Sonny and Cher starred in the quintessentially 70s TV comedy variety show. Sonny and Cher's hit songs featured prominently on the show, and they would often sing and perform them both during in between skits. You're talking about the um, monkeys? They, not, you're talking about the monkeys? Mm-hmm. Sonny and Cher, right? Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. Sorry. There is a monkey's room. <laughs> there is. Though. It's coming. There is. Hey, hey. I'm sorry. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> 
Oh no! Giggle I just took Sunny and Cher for monkeys. <laughs> what, are you talking about the monkeys? Sorry, go ahead. It's coming! It's coming! It's coming! It's coming! Um, one of the most famous Sunny and Cher songs is "I Got You, Babe," and on January fifth, nineteen ninety eight, Sunny was ac- was sadly killed in a skiing accident oh. while on vacation with family that in South awful. Lake Tahoe. Oh uh, yeah, that was Lake Tahoe. That was awful. Yeah, this was awful. I thought it was Aspen. I didn't remember it being Tahoe. Yeah, I kind of remember it being Aspen too. But one of the Kennedys was killed playing football. He skimmed backwards into a tree. Yes, that was awful too. Yeah, that was Aspen. I thought. I thought. Be not- careful out there skiing. It's dangerous. Uh, it is. is it the monkeys? Next we have Paul. Hey, hey. <laughs> Next we oh, have one Paul of the monkeys Gitt. died. I know Michael Nesmith oh my God, died. Riley, maybe should you skip to the monkeys? He was the brains the behind movie. the whole thing. He was the songwriter. It was a funny scene when they did the monkeys. Like, <sighs> I think one of the girls says "Hey," and then Rory says right. "Hey," and then the other girl goes, "We're the monkeys." We're the monkeys. <laughs> Louise says, "We're the monkeys." <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the monkeys. The monkeys. There's only one. Uh, <laughs> one left. Yeah. The Monkees was a seventies television show about a group of struggling musicians. I was the opening theme song included. <laughs> I was obsessed. Last train to Clarksville, and I'll yeah, sing I watched that in show the too when I was young. Anyway, they actually outsold the Beatles and the Rolling Stones in 1967. And when the Monkees came to England in 1967, the Beatles even threw them a big party at the Speakeasy Club. And as we've mentioned, sadly, Mickey DeLenz is the only living remaining <gasps> member. Yeah. Michael Nesmith just passed away. That is mm-hmm. sad. And he was touring a couple of weeks before that with I know, Mickey Dolan. They just Dolan. did a show. They, the two at the Greek Theater was their final one in like l- mid November. I know, right? And they had like one more show they were going to do. <sighs> Man, oh, I know. Funny, I agree. It's so very sad. So going on to Paul, Paul and Lorelai are talking together and Paul gives his theory about being raised by machines in the future. Paul says the Twilight (laughs) Zone marathon was on all week. So the Twilight Zone is American media franchise based on the television series created by Rod Serling. Actor Leonardo DiCaprio is planning on making a new film with Warner Brothers, setting the Twilight Zone as one of his favorite TV series. Yeah, Totally in on that, Leo. That's great. Thank you, Leo. I love the Twilight Zone too. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, when the Sterling went to bed each night, he'd leave his tape recorder sitting on his nightstand in case he needed to record the dreams he had the night before. All of his dreams, both good and bad, ended up inspiring countless episodes of The Twilight Zone. Suki makes Michelle promise not to count the blueberries in his Hang pancake. Hang on a second. Suki- I, you know what? I, I got a comment. You, you, did we, we talked about the Beatles a little bit. The Beatles threw him a party at the speakeasy, right? The monkeys. The Beatles threw him a party? The Beatles? Mm-hmm. Some bonehead just wrote an article in the Washington Post about the Beatles and how he's talking about how overrated they are. No, I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. I was so incensed. <laughs> I was so incensed that I actually like, posted a comment on my social media. I don't think I said bonehead. I would never, I would never use my platform and, and lambay somebody in that degree. But this guy, I mean, what in the world is he thinking about the Beatles? Yeah, We're talking I, about the Beatles. Oh, he was he was he was criticizing he was critiquing the uh, Peter Jackson HBO thing. Oh, behind the scenes what? writing all these songs. They were writing the Let It Be album, and this guy Did had you a pro- watch that documentary. I, no, but I've watched pieces of it online, and it's yeah. brilliant. I think you'll like it. And I got to tell you, uh, you know, big. Uh, you know, I've already stated on this uh, podcast the big biggest moment of my my whole career is. Have I stated this, or did I just tell you, Amy? I think you just told me. Oh, I'm not going to reveal this. No, please Should I reveal do. it? it was, yes, it like 
oh my God, it made it, it was so, it was such uh, an amazing I thing. was sitting here one night and, and when, when you, when you, when you guys dropped the episodes, I listened to them, but I, I really like to listen to the ads. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. I love the ads. God, I kind of fast forward to, cause I've already heard the interviews and I heard what you guys do with them and it's all great. And, uh, you know, and you incorporate my notes and I love that and I appreciate that. Um, and, uh, but then the ads come on, right? And I'm thinking, wow, this is really cool. And it's just having your own show and then the hearing these ads and then the Beatles came on. Yeah. And it was, I, me, me, mine. Da, 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 da. And then, the, and yeah. then the most expensive, the most famous voiceover artist in the history of voiceover, commercial voiceovers, is doing the voiceover for the Peter Jackson HBO behind the scenes, let it writing, let it be, uh, mm -hmm. with the Beatles. And I just, I just had this moment, and I started to tear up, and it I got just, emotional. I couldn't though. believe it. I couldn't believe it. And it was of all the great things that have happened to me in this business, that was the big moment. Oh my god! That was the big <laughs> moment, and I and I didn't tell you this because I remember. <clears throat> I used oh. to sit in my sister's room and we used to listen to this album and she passed away. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Not to be a downer, but no, I just please. missed her. I, I kept listening to the ad on the show and I kept thinking of my sister and you know, my wife came in and comforted me and it was just, it mm. was just, but this show means so much to me and I thank you guys. I really, really want to thank you guys. And I called Amir and I shared this with her because it was a big moment in my life because um, I grew up just loving the Beatles so much. And I know everybody everybody from my generation and even the new generation is discovering. And this guy wrote an article, you know, uh, criticizing them that they're overrated. And I just want to say to this guy, if you're listening, you don't have any idea what it takes to write a song or how brilliant Paul McCartney, George Harrison, uh, John Lennon, and Ringo Starr are as a group and the way they created those songs. It was absolutely captivating to watch the little bit that I watched, and I will watch the whole thing, but wow, wow. Well, can I wow. just say how grateful we are to have you that we have a, <sighs> you guys, like, and I don't, I don't mean to like, but we have a guy who cares so much about this show that he's doing for you all that he enjoys the commercials. Like, think about that when you guys are listening. Like, Scott cares so much about this show and what he's doing. So it's just like, oh my God. It's a reflection of the fan base, right? And it's like, you know, we can't do this without them and they're loving this. For the most part, you know, there's a couple of... We can take the we, we, we can take this the arrows. Like when they say this show was too the long. Sling, this episode the was slings too long. and arrows of outrageous fortune. You know, <laughs> it's like, Jesus. Those are there's some arrows coming at us, but it's uh, we can take it. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to say that I didn't know <sighs> that I was going to share that. I'm so glad you did because um, I ne I didn't say anything because <sighs> I just knew it was like a important moment for you. But I'm so glad. Anyway, to the Washington Post writer. Up your bippy. There you go. <laughs> I knew Riley was going to do the friends move. Riley, this seems like the perfect moment to talk about Pamela and Tommy Lee. Okay. Oh, if I've ever known a moment uh, yeah. that seemed it's, perfect it's for this Pamela one. and Tommy Lee. <laughs> so, 
Lorelai says, sell it on the internet, make a fortune. First, we bought you Pamela and Tommy Lane. Now we prepare yourself for the crazy antics of Rory and the Bard. <laughs> Pamela Anderson is a Canadian-American actress, model, producer, author, activist, and former showgirl known for the roles on the television series Home Improvement, Baywatch, and VIP for a time. Um, she was known as Pamela Anders or Pamela Anderson Lee or Pamela Lee after marrying Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee. The first time they met in 1994, Pamela says, he came up and grabbed me and licked my face. Oh my. That's Love That's the first guy look. for me. That's the guy <laughs> for me. Mom, dad, I found him. <laughs> and they are known to have a very tumultuous, 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 uh, roller coaster of a relationship. Close enough. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And the reference here was kind of racy because it was referring to their infamous video. Mm -hmm. I won't say more. Yeah, we got to keep it clean here, gang. Listening. Um, next, we have Lorelai tells Rory about the date and that, he, that he's an outdoorsy guy. Lorelai says, plus he's outdoorsy. Remember that Meryl Streep movie where she and her family take a rafting trip to the then psycho Kevin Bacon forces them to take him down the river? The River Wild is a 1994 American adventure film. Um, starring Meryl Streep, Kevin Bacon, John C. Riley, Benjamin Bratt, and Joseph Mazzello. One day on set, exhausted Meryl Streep was swept off her raft and was in danger of drowning before she was rescued. And Kevin Bacon starred in a movie seven years earlier called Whitewater Summer, in which he also played a villainous character in a movie dealt with whitewater rafting. Weird, but I did like The River Wild. I think it's kind of like a good, bad movie. Kevin Bacon didn't scare me in that film. He was scarier in Hollow Man, but... We don't need to talk about that. But that character <laughs> has to scary, that character has to scare you. He he looked like uh, he was rough. Yeah, I didn't think he, he didn't scare me, and he's a terrific actor. I mean, he really truly is. But I just did not think he was right for that role. That's my opinion. I was up for that film. I was not pleased. That no, I didn't get it. Yes, no way. Yep. I was very close to working with Street. <laughs> Damn it! Ooh. Damn it! So sorry. It's a good movie. I didn't good think guy. he was right for the part. <laughs> Last one we have on the list. Lorelai tries to cheer up Rory and says she'll take her for some retail therapy. Lorelai says, I mean it. Today's the day we're finally going to spring for the Powerpuff Girls shot glasses. The Powerpuff Girls, an American superhero animated television series for the Cartoon Network. George Jetson of the Jetsons in 1962 occasionally appears in the background flying in his space car as Blossom Bubbles and Buttercup are in a flight to a rescue. They were originally known as the Whoop-Ass Girls, and the series premiere in 1998, Monkey See, Doggy Do, Mommy Fearest, was the highest rated de debut in Cartoon Network history. And originally, filming for Powerpuff Girls began in spring 2021 for a reboot, but since the pilot is now being reworked, we are expected to see it sometime in 2022 at the earliest. And that's your pop culture. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. That was... Uh... That was riveting. The voice mm -hmm. that well you're done. using, the voice that you possess mm -hmm. now. If you could bottle that. <laughs> I'll do some lines and then maybe like record them and replay them. I think you, you know, should actually. Oh, Honestly, yeah. you should. This might be the time you, to record Yeah, you got to capture it now. Intro. You know. I got to make some calls. You, you, you got to do it. You got to do it. Just, just like take a day. Just take the mm -hmm. day and come up with a... You might, yeah, you might want to record, this is Riley and this is your book. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's a great impression. Just have just have fun with it and then send it off to Easton and, you know, that, that mad scientist is going to be pulling some drinks and dropping... What episode is next week? I think we have one more week, one more episode before you leave on Christmas vacation. 
We'll be gone for one week. Don't worry. We'll just be gone one week. Yeah. I think we have one more. So wait a minute. So uh, should, I, I think we're trying to squeeze in one more before Santa comes. So we got the Bracebridge dinner. That's uh, episode 10, right? Season two. Love it. Yeah. Big episode. Um, I think we're good, guys. Did we have any fun? Yeah. That's the problem with you guys. I don't. I never have any fun with you guys. That's the problem. We're gonna have to work on that. Let's work on that. Then we'll come back and we'll have more fun. <laughs> I had a blast. I did too. I miss this. My God, we haven't gotten together in a couple of days. We were dropping like an episode a day. We're two episodes a day. <laughs> just carpet bombing everybody. Thanksgiving, we really it's like, like boom. Just here's episodes. here's twenty episodes. Go ahead. I haven't seen you in 48 hours. Really? Yeah, it's like, really? You know, it's like, uh, wait a minute, dad. No, mom. No, we're a little late. We're listening. To, they just wait. Oh, hang on. We're not going to make it. They just dropped I another episode. Anyone that listens to this podcast, because most interestingly about podcasts, people don't listen to the very last minute, but anyone that does always gets a real treat because we get real nutty at the end. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really a tradition in our world. It's like, because we're so focused and then it just comes apart. That's, that's what we, how we like to do it. Um, oh God. Anyway. See you next week. I or like in two days. See you in two days. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you in a, see you in a couple of days. We, we, we're going to do another one in a couple of days. Oh, right. We are. Very excited. All right. Anyway, gang, that's going to do it for, uh, oh, let me try that again. What's the name of the episode again? Oh, Runaway Little Runaway Boy. Runaway Little Boy. All right, gang, that's going to do it for Runaway Little Boy, Season 2, Episode 9. What a barn burner it was in Norman. It was really a barn burner. Um, Riley Pelusis, otherwise known as Smokey Riley now. Just going to record that smoky voice for some voiceover do-re-mi. Uh, Danielle Romo, who came in and out of the uh, episode. Uh, she's, she is, I, I tell you, let me tell you something about Danielle Romo. This is one of the busiest producers in all of podcasting. I mean, the, th the, the three of you are the busiest producers uh, and executive producers of these things. I mean, it's kind of amazing how you have the time so to much. do all this stuff. Speaking of time, we have to go. Okay, <laughs> we do gotta up. go. I'll shut up. Now. <laughs> we love time, you, Scott. <laughs> you rock. We do. We really Am I do. dragging it out a little bit, Amy? Thank you. No, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. TTYL. <laughs>don't forget follow us on instagram at i am all in podcast and email us at gilmore at iheartradio.com oh you gilmore fans if you're looking for the best cup of coffee in the world go to my website for my company scottyp.com s-c-o-t-t-y-p.com scottyp.com grade one specialty coffee Ah, summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? 
With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 